Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to another Rahalastapa Book Club, Rahalastapa Cup. This week's guest is, I don't know who she is. I've never heard of her. She's TV's Emma Kennedy, and she's written a book called Letters from Brenda, which I am disappointed to say is very good. Um, <laughs> You're in hello, it. Emma. You're in it. You, I, you I, actually feature in it. I well, hope, I asked you. I, do, I asked. I asked you to do this before I realised I was in it. So it is a bit. It's, we'll definitely talk about me being in it. May, mainly that. That's that's the main take home for me. Uh, I, I hope I hope you enjoyed the joke that I put in it about you that only people who know our relationship inside and out will will ever understand, and that everyone else reading it will just think I've just been rude about you. <laughs> well, you say Stuart is an amazing esoteric yes. genius, yes, and I like baked potatoes. Yes, yes. I did enjoy that, Emma. Yes. <laughs> um, so, Emma, for those who may... I mean, I think people know who you are, probably, who people listen to my podcast. You are a, a, a writer now, mainly, but also yeah. been acting, doing comedy, obviously was uh, did some podcasts with me and some TV shows with me. You were Nostradamus. 
Of uh, course. Of course, memorably. Um, but you've also written a lot. Of, how many books have you written before this one? Talk, let me just quickly talk about your previous book writing skills. I think I've. I think this is my fourteenth book. Um, what? I know, which is sort of ridiculous. And um, and it started way back in the day, back in. I, well, I've I sort of got you to thank for this. I know I, I have said this of many a time, but I, I have got, if there is one person I need to thank for the entirety of my career, <laughs> it's pretty much you. It always boils down back to you. And I, and, and I remember when you started writing a blog and you were sort of like the only person who was writing a blog. You, you, and you and the prostitute who, who no one knew what their name was, Belle de Jour. It was basically <laughs> Belle de Jour and you, and there was no one else. Yeah. And, um, and I had just sort of started thinking, oh, I, I want, I'd, I'd really like to write a book. It had always been the one thing I'd always wanted to do, but had never done. And uh, it, it, two things happened. You, you said to me, why don't you start writing a blog? And my yeah. literary agent also said, start writing a blog because then you'll get into the hang <laughs> of, of writing things every day. And also you will quickly find out what it is you've got to say and, and what things you write well and what things you don't write well. So that's how it all began, uh, sort of writing that blog. And then that blog turned into uh, my first book, which is not really a book. It's it's more just an amalgam of, of the of the blog hastily put together, which was um how to bring up your parents. My first proper book was uh The Tent, The Bucket and Me, um, which became a a very surprise bestseller. I did not expect that book to do as well as it did, but it really did great guns and uh, and and that was because another publisher had, had come to me and said oh can we turn your blog into a book um and I said no you can't because it's already been done so that's how that book came about it was just just it was like literally the off cut of an idea because I had happened to be at my parents house that Sunday having lunch with them and we were just sitting around crying with laughter about how terrible our attempts to go on holiday was. And then that's how that <laughs> book came about. So then I did that and I did another couple of nonfiction books. And then I wrote some children's comedy crime thrillers, the Wilmer Tenderfoot series. And then I moved back in, into um, adult fiction. Uh, and then I've sort of come full circle of my, my parental trilogy, as I like to call them. Uh, yes. with with this one, Letters from Brenda. And this is it now. This is the last time I will ever be writing about uh, uh, my family. Uh, yes, so this is but it's, it. it's interesting that because I think, um, although this book is, I mean, I, did, I, I thought it would be a serious book, which it, it certainly is uh, in a lot of senses. There's still loads and loads of funny stuff, especially the, you know, the letters of your parents on holiday, but there's lots, mm. of, lots of fun in this. But... Uh, it, differently than the tent, the bucket, and me, uh, which is just about how crazy and eccentric your family is, you sort of start in this book to look into why uh, your mother, in particular, was so eccentric, and it's yes. and it's it's a proper psychological psychiatric examination of someone who uh, certainly had you know some mental problems. As yes, you, as you, massively as, so. So it's uh, yeah, so it's it's a kind of much more mature look at that subject, but whilst. Uh, you know, whilst still acknowledging how funny families are, and we can all, I think, 
appreciate that. Mm. Um, it's, a it's, a, it's a detective story, really. Yeah. Because when when I, when when my mom died, apart from you know the, the day my mother died was really properly damaging. There were things that happened that day which I have still not been able to properly shake off. There's no doubt about that. And I think mm -hmm. when when you have that sort of level of trauma, it, it you're just left with all the, the the bad bits. You're left about the things you feel ashamed about. You're left with the you know the terrible last day and the last weeks that 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 the person you loved had to endure but you're also left with all the difficult bits about their life and you and you forget when somebody is is has a long drawn out death you forget the person that they used to be and i sort of completely forgot about that until the the, the owners of the new house found the letters up in the attic and as you will see nice. from from the book those let some of those letters are you're just crying with laughter at them because yeah. they're so funny, and you just remember you it, it was that just that in and of itself was really important for me to remember what an incredible person my mother was, that she was you know vital and she was incredibly charismatic and she was sort of crazy in a good way and she was really interesting and you you would never ever ever be bored in her company. But she also had this this dark, unspoken about, undiagnosed mental illness that had been with her for all of her life and, and had affected my relationship with her in different ways at, at various stages of my life. But we had never, ever, ever addressed it during her lifetime. And so we never knew what was wrong with her. And so yeah. that was the big question was, our life was was turned upside down by her constantly and then our life was turned upside down again when she died because we had all these unanswered questions so when i found the letters that it that was the the starting point the springboard for me finally trying to set out once and for all to discover what it was my mother had suffered with for all of her life and why yeah, and and you know, you talk about in the book how you you couldn't really or address it uh, at the time because she wouldn't have gone along with any of it, and uh, you know, it was she was so dominant. I obviously met your mum, and I, I really, as I think most people, uh, just really loved her. She was did, did you really did, did you fancy her a bit? I did. I'm slightly yeah. disappointed she didn't try and seduce yeah. me. Now yeah. I've read the book. Um, what was wrong? What was I, wrong well, I, I hate to tell you. I hate to tell you this, uh, Richard, but I'm afraid she fancied Stuart. I've, I've, I've gone right off her. I'm um, sorry. But... I'm sorry. The truth hurts, but there it, it is. But uh, no, but it's no, but it's in it because I don't know. I love that sort of the the the. the disparity or whatever it is between that that comedy and I mean it's just so fascinating and and then the the sort of root causes of it and as she's getting older especially which I think is very current as well uh the sort of paranoia that kind of mm. came into as it came into her life as she got into it I've, I've seen this that you see it a lot and it explains a lot people get into the 50s and the 60s uh and become much more paranoid and mm. she became paranoid about the FBI and her mm. neighbors trying to do things yeah. to her and and it sort of seems to be the kind of, you know, an underlying thing amongst, you know, a, a decent proportion of yeah. our society. I mean, I, I, 
I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to know whether this is something that men of this age go through as well. But but it's certainly the minute she hit menopause, hmm. her, her health, which was, you know, pre precarious at the best of times, her mental health, um, yeah. just went off the rails, completely off the rails. And I, I, uh, uh, the, I think the worst incident I can remember was, was when she had just been diagnosed with having cancer and I sat with her in an oncologist's office and she told the uh, the consultant, with without any sense of oh I'm joking, she said oh yes the, the CIA had given her cancer in a bookshop in Cambridge, yeah. And 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 here's the other thing that always sort of I still can't get my head around is that my my myself and my dad were with her, and not one of us battered an eyelid, <laughs> because this was like because this was our normal. Yeah. It was like she, oh, well, okay, it's just Brenda being Brenda. But it's just like, it's not normal to tell people that you've been given cancer by a CIA <laughs> operative in a fucking job. It's not, but I think it does, I think it hits a lot of people. And I think with your mum as well, because she was a very sexual being or sex was very important to her, obviously, in her life. I think what, and I think this happens to guys, I think this happens more to men, actually. Uh, I think they kind of lose their the the power they've had all their life and the privilege they've had all their life and they hit middle age and nobody's <laughs> interested. The girls yeah. they're interested in, the women they're interested in, are certainly never going to be interested in them again. And yeah. and I think that I think that loss of power and that loss of sexual power drives a lot of people do lally and they and so they're channeling all that stuff into, it's, into it's, a different area. It's about self identity, isn't it? If if your identity is wrapped up in your attractiveness and the fact that you have a certain degree of power over the opposite sex or the same sex, depending on your, your predilections. But um, it, it, if that is gone, then it's sort of, it's sort of like soup when Superman loses his powers and, and, and has to go and eat hamburgers. <laughs> um, and just wanders around looking miserable. It's it's that, isn't it? It's you lose it you lose a sense of 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 who you think you are. And you know, I think also the things that would have seemed you know, it's interesting. I think reading, knowing the other books as well, the things that would have seemed eccentric or just funny or you know, or I mean, even you know, I'd always say, "Poor Tony, your poor dad, Tony." I always feel so sorry for him in all the books, but sense. especially especially in this one, the stuff he has to put the put up with. He's but an you know, it seems it seems funny a domineering wife and a you know and, and a lovely husband. It seems funny, but then of course you know now you in this book the you know the things he had to had to put up with and yeah. the things that he forgave. Obviously, a mum was. Uh, you I know, mean, had, had the, 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 one, the one that always gets me is uh, is that certainly that is the second the second affair she had, and my father, who is you, I mean, you've met him many times, but he is a very mild mannered Welshman, is he not? <laughs> he is very mild mannered man. You know, he 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 would stitch my name into all my PE kit when I was little. You know, th this was the guy <laughs> who fed me every meal I'd ever had. And I, I remember um, that uh, he, he turned up at my door and he, he was very teary and I sat him down on, on the edge of my bed and he just sort of sat there and told me that he'd just walked in on my mother, uh, giving who was on her knees, giving a younger man a blowjob and she turned round 
and saw him and the only words that came out of him about I me, mean, you might think like a normal person would go, oh God, you know, I've been, I've been caught in the act and, and like panic would set in. Her only words to him was, what are you doing creeping around the house? <laughs> like he was in the wrong. And then her excuse for what she was doing was to say that she was trying to compare <laughs> the differences between male and pe- female pelvises. I mean, this is just a woman who just thinks she can get away with absolute murder. And, that, and that's how she was. But I, th- I think yeah. she, w- she was certainly assisted by the fact that my father was completely devoted to her. And I think if she'd been really yeah. boring, he probably would have been long gone. I th- I, it's, it will never fail to astonish me, the fact that he forgave two affairs and stuck with her yeah. till the very end and really properly looked after her when, you know, for the best part of 10 years when she had cancer. I mean, he's, it's yeah. just incredible. He deserves it. It is incredible, but, you know, but this, this is the way love is, though, and relationships are different. And if he'd, if he'd stood up to her, I, don't, I think she would have probably left him, wouldn't she? So it's, you know, it, it, it well, worked because of who they both were. She, she would have starved to death if uh, <laughs> if if she'd left him. I mean, this is the other thing we always have to remember. She couldn't drive. She didn't carry money. Uh, she didn't know how to use the washing machine. She'd never cooked a meal in, in her life. <laughs> in a, I mean, I've told this story many times about the one time that my father had to go to hospital for a week. Um, and she had to look after me. And I yeah. turned to her and, and, and said, oh, you know, this is your big chance with me. And she gave me a pot of cockles that we couldn't get the lid off. That was her <laughs> idea of, of giving me an evening meal. And then she'd make me phone up my <laughs> friends and say, can we come to your house for, uh, for, for dinner? And that's what we did for a week was we'd go for, <laughs> to a different friend every night with her just cackling, thinking that she was a genius. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's very. I mean, it, but again, that personality type is interesting now that that personality type is sort of semi ruling the world. Somebody, somebody. I'm not saying your mum is as is as bad as Boris Johnson or Donald Trump, but there's, well, there's not far. There's, uh, if my mother was you know, power, can you imagine? Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's so terrifying. It's, you know, so it, it it casts a different light on it. Even when you when you're reading all these, you know, all the letters about their kind of disastrous holidays they had together and everything going wrong, and but obviously, like a lot of it was just to do, to do with with them. They were she's always blaming anyone else but herself for anything that went any yes. little incident that went wrong. But it's clearly yes. down to their own incompetence and madness and and their yes. own relationship. So it's yes, it's... Com- completely and <laughs> utterly incompetent. Yes. Yeah. I just, I just loved and, the, the running refrain throughout the letters where they're stuck in 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 car parks because they haven't worked out. <laughs> still, after about twenty plus years of trying to do this, that the that the that the, the card goes in the other way round. I mean, fucking <laughs> idiot. Um, it's great. So it, it is very funny, but obviously it is, and it starts. You know, it starts in a in a in a dark place, and it, we get to a dark place. Uh, and there's funniness in between. Uh, it's taken you. It's, it's sort of se- seven or so years. It's, it's seven or eight years since eight, your mum died. Eight years. So, it's eight, eight yeah. years this week she died. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, 
it, you, did you need that time? I think you say in the book that you, yeah. you couldn't have written any earlier. You needed the distance to, because it's difficult to write. You know, I write, I've, I write, I've written about my family and I've, and they're all still alive at the moment, luckily, thankfully. Um, but uh, it's, you know, it's still difficult to write about personal stuff. But then when someone's died uh, and when you're when you're really going into it like you are in this book, I mean, it's a very honest and open book. And, and obviously you're writing about someone who's no longer with us. Uh, was did that make it more difficult even so or did or was it was it the catharsis of I getting th- through I it think, for yourself i think it was a, a bit of both it was definitely cathartic 100 percent um and but i wanted to be fair to her because i knew that there were going to be things that were going to be really critical and there were and i was going to be writing about things that that she would literally have come round to my house with a gun and killed me if i'd ever <laughs> written about um in her lifetime but sure. i i was really careful to involve my dad in every single part of it and also her sister phyllis mm-hmm. um because it, it, it and and actually there wasn't any point during it where we where the three of us sort of said, actually, no, don't put that in. So we have been quite open about it. But yeah. but Phyllis in particular, because uh, uh, obviously I interviewed them constantly for uh, uh, for the whole thing. And uh, at the end of it, she said this, this was like doing therapy. And it was. It was. I think it was like therapy for the three of us. But again, I keep coming back to it because we hadn't known what was wrong with her. It that in and of itself was a huge and massive burden. And I didn't think really, when I started off writing it, because obviously I'm not a clinical psychologist and I'm not qualified to do so, that I didn't know if I would sort of get a definitive um, diagnosis or anywhere near to it. Uh, And sort of the conclusion of the book, I'd sort of really sort of reached a a semi understanding that she'd been misunderstood during her life and and this and that but it was only when we sent the book off to a clinical psychiatrist just and to just do a a check read on it really just to make sure that I wasn't saying and saying anything that was irresponsible uh it was Mm -hmm. mostly for that and, and or I wasn't just plain making stuff up and then he wrote me this incredible letter which I I hadn't been expecting and he makes as close to a definitive diagnosis of her as we're probably ever going to get and so then I asked him if I could include the letter as the epilogue um, and he very kindly said yes so we do at the end get a diagnosis and that was like oh my god for me and dad and Phyllis yeah I think, well, you know, as a stand-up, when it's, you know, obviously covering personal issues in comedy and th- and through shows, I think it is it's an it's an incredible thing to be able to do, and being able to write a book about stuff. I think just to get stuff down, we found this with a few of the books in the book club. You know, uh, Georgia Pritchett's one really jumps to yeah. Mind, so I actually, love that book. Yeah, but just by but just by going through the process of writing it, it's a very difficult thing to do. But yeah, I mean, in a way. You know, if people are dead, <laughs> it does it does relieve you of the burden of uh, of you know of of their own reaction to it, which I think. Well, some, I, I, you're I, absolutely right. You couldn't have done this when she was alive, obviously. I I, I I keep living in slight terror that she's going to uh, reappear <laughs> and absolutely tear me off a strip. It's like I, 
it's like the child in me is absolutely <laughs> terrified that the ghost of Brenda will come back and haunt me forever because I've written this book. But then the adult in yeah. me absolutely knows <laughs> that she would have been standing next to it in Waterstones waiting for someone to recognise her. Yes. Well, you know, I think, you know, she still comes out of it really well. I mean, genuinely, I, you know, I, I, I loved her anyway, but I love her in this book. Uh, and, and you, you know, she was forgiven by the people that mattered for what she what she did, but also it's there's I don't know, there's something about her that is so powerfully mm. likable. That's a wild that, horse. That, yeah. That, that's that what you she don't, was. She was a wild yeah. horse. And it, yeah. it, you know, if so, you're standing in the middle of a field and, and and a and a horse comes from nowhere and it doesn't belong to anyone and it comes <laughs> over to you, you think, My God, this is the most magic thing that's ever happened in my life. And yeah. crumbs, it wants to spend time with me. What? It feels amazing. <laughs> that would be something you would never forget for the rest of your life. But then, of course, a wild horse can turn and can, can crush your, your brains in. Um, and that's sort of what it was like being around Brenda. <laughs> yeah, and it was much harder for you, for the, the, the immediate family because she was so charming. And, you know, and yeah, absolutely, having a book with herself on the front cover looking beautiful she she's you know she's not she's not going to be upset about yeah. it. you claim in the book that uh, um, you've you've uh, had contact with her via a medium yes. and via oh my god that bird. was so weird that was so <laughs> weird so yeah I'll, I'll tell the story so my aunt phyllis came to see me and she said i went to see this medium and brenda came through and i and i don't believe in any of this stuff and i and i just thought hmm with, with my sort of storytelling uh, hat on, I thought, well, I, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and see the same medium, but I'm going to go under a different name. And obviously I'll be wearing a mask. So th there's, there's absolutely no chance whatsoever that this person is going to know who I am. And I, and I went and uh, Brenda was the first person that came through. And she and and again, you still was thinking, oh yeah, of course she's going to say, oh your mum's come through, and of course she's going to say, because that's what they start, that's what they always start off with, isn't it? And then if you go, oh my mum's alive, they'll suddenly go, oh no, sorry, it's your dad, and then you know, blah blah blah. This is how it, we've we've all seen Darren Brown. We know how this works. But there, but but she started with a with a thing that literally sort of made me sort of the chills went right through me because. Leading up to um, uh, this writing this book, I was in the process of getting my Irish passport because my grandmother was Irish, obviously, and Brexit, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that, uh, the, the search to get my passport was severely hampered because my great-grandmother had put my great-grandfather's name the wrong way round on uh, my grandmother's birth certificate and this caused all manner of trouble like I had to get affidavits sworn it was it was a really complicated process and added about 500 quid onto the process added about another year onto the process it was an absolute nightmare anyway first thing that this medium says was oh the names are wrong on the birth certificate <laughs> and I hadn't told anybody <laughs> literally nobody knew about this so it's yeah. like, if, if that's the first thing out of her mouth, you go, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, Brenda spent a good half an hour 
complaining about my then dad's new girlfriend in quite specific <laughs> detail. This I did not put in the book because they were still going out when I yeah. wrote it. <laughs> but if I just say that there, there was one, there was one very specific thing my my mother wanted me to warn my dad about, and that did come true. Right. Wow. Okay. I won't, well, it's quite I won't spooky. say what, but it was okay. it was quite. So anyway, yes, I'm I'm quite tempted to go back to the medium to see what Brenda's got to say now the book's out. I might I might <laughs> do should... that and report back. There might be another book in it. There might be a there might be a follow or an extra chapter for the paperback. Anyway, that would yeah. be uh, that would be, be good. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, well, look, it's, it is, it's, it's really excellent. I think people will enjoy it. It's also a, a quite a nice autobiography of you as well and your own journey to becoming a, an author and the, and the twists and turns you've taken on on the route to get there which as you say does involve very heavily yes, involves yeah, me it does um and that it's i think this that's the story of maybe we talked about this on the podcast before but it doesn't matter if we did but it is kind of weird that how connected our lives i know have been I mean, but, really, but also we should be married much, we should well we nearly we nearly we I thought mean, about it didn't we, we, just, we, we well we did have a we did have a a, a, a pact <laughs> Didn't we? Yeah. That if we got to forty and we weren't married yet, we were going to get married. But obviously, yeah. that's that's know. the only reason I got married was to to, to <laughs> make sure I didn't have to no. Marry but it you. is no. really <laughs> weird. It is really it is. weird. And I can and I can honestly say that the things I have enjoyed most in my life, every single one of them has in, has has been because of you. No, and I mean that. I really that. mean that. I the, the, the all the, the the stuff I have ever did sort of when I was doing acting and stuff the only things I really ever properly properly enjoyed was when I did stuff with you nobody makes me laugh the way you make me laugh no one <laughs> no one well we we you know 
we're very similar. We are very similar, you know, and I think there is there is something on there. But it's sort of weird that we we both think, don't we? I mean, are we sure that we kind of because you we both went to for our Oxford interviews yes. around about the same time, and no, we're pretty sure we you, met each you, other. You were the first person I clapped eyes on. I remember it very distinctly. It was you. You were standing in uh in in the. Oh, what's it called? In in the lodge, Porter's lodge. Yeah, yeah. At, at at St Catherine's, as I walked in, and you were standing there looking sick. Um, <laughs> and so because I. it's weird. It's it's weird. We were both at that time. You were applying to do history. Yeah. You, uh, and and I was taking the. You know, there's so many things that would have thrown thrown this off as well. But we both apply we both got the same offer as well we would have you'd actually have been in the year above me had you not got glandular fever and yeah. then messed you know your exam suffered as a result um so we met each other then and then when we did go to university you, you ended up i'd had a year off so we were in the same year and you were at teddy hall and your your right your tutorial partner was Stuart lee yeah. it's like who, it's mad. and then we all started working together yeah so it's it sort of feels like we would have destiny it was destiny yeah <laughs> but all those things that push that, you know, and you and you and you getting you getting ill to make that happen, and you know, there's there's it's it it's it's a it's really interesting anyway about even if you're not me and I'm involved in it about you know the decisions you made and the way that you know it it see it feels though obviously this is the benefit of hindsight that you were sort of pushed because you you decided not to go to university you were happy working where you were working once mm-hmm. you once you failed to get into university yeah. and your sort of chance meeting with your English teacher put you back on track to go to university yeah um and but you know and then you made loads of stupid choices in your, <laughs> in your career anyway choices. um yeah uh, but it's all it's all part of isn't it? it's all leading up to so to try becoming a uh solicitor and um whilst everyone else when everyone else came to london and Mm. tried to make it in in show business didn't even occur to me that 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 was something <laughs> i was even allowed to do that's that's right. what's so weird about it and I, I wonder if that's because like nobody in my family had ever had a, a creative career but then no one in your family had had a creative no, career you know i mean i, I, I think the yeah. one the one thing i have always lacked is it's it's not ambition because I, I I I like to do well I like to work hard and, and do well but I never had a forward plan which I think a lot of of, of, of my contemporaries did have a forward plan they sort of like they knew where they were going whereas I don't mm. think I ever did know where I was going I I have I feel like I have slightly bumbled through life um, just sort of going, oh yes, that would be good. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll enjoy that. Um, but well, but it... I suppose there was a point where, when when I gave up being a lawyer, I definitely said to myself, "You are not going to do a single other day of your life in which you don't enjoy doing it, and you're not going to take any job you know you're not going to enjoy." And I've sort of stuck to that. Yeah, I mean, it's often when you have when you do something wrong. And you knew it was wrong <laughs> straight away, but yeah. you still had to see it Five all minutes. through. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is, it is. But, you know, luckily when you're young, you can spend three or four years doing something and it sort of doesn't matter weirdly. Mm. But, uh, but um, yeah, you know, you you go through something and then it does push you on to the next thing. But, you know, the book reads like, you know, you, you, you end up, you know, tutorial partner with Stuart Lee, which is a stroke of luck. You end up bumping into 
Sue Perkins when you're when you're lost in Edinburgh and that yes. and the, the end up. So you know, yes. you, you, if it, obviously there's lots of people, there's lots of things that you know other paths that we don't hear about or the other paths that could have been taken. But those bits of those bits of luck, it just feels like it really feels like you're being pushed, it is weird. nudged but, in a direction. It's like that. I, I love that the, those things where you have random encounters with people who are going to be really significant to you in your life. And this this has happened with every single significant friendship or relationship that I've ever had. Like, like my, my best friend at university was this brilliant uh, uh, woman called uh, Bernadette, who you will know, very, who you will be aware of. I and, am very aware of her. Um, and it turned out that I had met her before at a Milton, at a Simple Minds concert in Milton <laughs> right. Keynes where I'd been trying to get to the front, and this was before I'd even gone to university. I was still at, at, at school. And there was this small group of very posh girls sitting in a circle. And I stopped and chatted to this one girl for quite a while. And it, and it, that was Bernadette. How mad? So there was that. So there was that. Then there's you, um, uh, the, the whole, you know, Richard Herring is clearly supposed to be somebody in my life. Then there was Sue Perkins, and then um, I went to see uh, Alison Moyer doing a little gig uh, at Ronnie Scott's, and this woman came up at the end uh, and said, hello, Alison, would like to see you backstage. Anyway, that person turned out to be the person I married. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I mean, it is, and that's how, in hindsight, everything sort of works like that, but it does seem with you, it does, it feels this, and even, you know, even going through, you, you, I'd forgotten how much work you'd got so quickly, you know, you listing yeah. all these TV shows in the by the late 90s, yeah, you, late, you were sort late, of doing so many jobs. Yeah, late, late, late 90s through to about 2007, really. I was just, I just yeah. non, non-stop working, non-stop. Yeah. And then I, I, I sort of really, I packed it all in, really, to, in order to write books instead. Yeah. And now, and so I mean, was... I'd, I'd never say, I wouldn't say no to doing acting because in certain circumstances, I always, I really, really enjoy it. But I would only now do it if, if it was for someone I really like. I mean, I'd do anything for you, obviously. That goes without Thank saying. You. You're the only person that I would probably <laughs> say yes to, even if you were asking me to dangle naked from a string. Please don't, <laughs> uh, please don't ask me to dangle naked from a string. Making a um, but it's it's like you know, probably you and 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 perks are, are probably the only two people who like, I've, I've I've just been doing a. a a job with with two yeah. um but you two are, are the only people who i would automatically say yes to without even thinking it's not but it's not it's nice that you see yourself as a writer now you know and it's nice that even that journey the journey from all of that tv you know work and success to to realizing that the, what you really really wanted to do was to write and it's you know and it took a little while to get there didn't it you were yeah. you were doing bits and bobs but I, it, I, uh, I didn't I didn't really do any writing at yeah. all at university certainly when we were doing stuff no. I didn't I'd, I'm not a sketch writer I think I think that's the thing I think sketch writing is a real craft and that's that's not my thing I can mm. I can write dialogue and I can write scripts but but sketches is 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 not where I'm at. That's that's not where what I'm good at. 
No, um, and it's in the in the long term that's not a very <laughs> useful skill anyway because it's a good place, it's a good starting place to you know to get going and and in writing scripts I think but but yeah I think as you get older you kind of want to do something with yeah. a bit more and I'm not a stand it. up I'm not a stand up and never no. have been I can I can I I can do comedy acting especially if it's if it's uh, women pretending to be Welsh men. Um, <laughs> Or, or any character that wears ridiculous hats. I can do those till the cows come home. Um, but it, 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 so it always it always baffles me when, I, when I'm introduced as a comedian, which I'm, I'm not, I have never was. Um, I did some... Yeah, I did... but you're, 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 you're funny. It's, 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 funny. It's, it's, you can't, yeah, you can't I'm funny. Just, you can't just say you're funny. You're funny. Yeah, I'm just funny. <laughs> you're very funny. Um but yeah, so you get a lot of you in there. You get a lot, you know. I think it's 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 a very mature book, and it's a it's a very enjoyable book. I listened to the audio book, which is also very impressive for who you have playing your oh, mother I and know. your father. I think it's so uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, Lincoln Stevenson, and uh, and what was even more exciting was that Juliet Stevenson kept texting me while she was doing it in order, in order to ask my my for advice on various right. bits and bobs. But my goodness me, can you imagine what Brenda would have thought uh, if she knew that Juliet Stevenson was going to be being her in an audio? But which, which is quite funny because she did know that Catherine Parkinson was going to be her in the Kennedy. Right, yeah, and she just pulled a face. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't really know who she was. And then, <laughs> I don't think she sort of thought, "Oh, no, I'm Judy Dent, surely," <laughs> or an Oscar winner. <laughs> but Juliet well, Stevenson, Juliet. she loved Juliet Stevenson. She definitely knew yeah. who Juliet Stevenson was. And she's brilliant. You know, she gets. She's very. She she gets it all. I mean, I suppose you'd expect a fantastic actor like her to do so, but she completely gets it right. And the and the and the the attitude is yeah. is bang on. Yeah, it's um, good. So it's, it's good. The audio book. I'm really pleased with how it's turned out because normally with audio books you have to read it all yourself. But I think it was yeah. really important that that we had someone else doing the letters. Uh, yeah, no, so absolutely correct. And I think like some people might not have thought of that. And some people, oh, I'll do that. You know, that's fine. But yeah, absolutely. It, I, I think an audio book that uh, that makes an effort. I mean, Adam Buxton is a very hard one to beat. I think in terms of just making an effort to make it presented as a yeah. as more of a an experience than just a read of the book. But this yeah. this this is this really does have that as well. And I, I, also, I wasn't sure to begin with you. Go on. So you you go. I was going to say I wasn't sure to begin with about because you. When you're doing your footnotes, you kind of come in as if you're speaking in the box. And it, to begin with, I thought, I'm not sure about that. But then I actually really liked it. So you press a button and go, oh, I just want to say that this is... Yes. And it actually really, yes. it really works as a piece of theatre. Yes. For a second, I went, oh, it yes. took me out of it for a second. Uh, and then, But then once I've, once I've got into it, yeah. I really like that. So it, I, it's, I, it's I, very well produced. I, I think that was the, one of the main reasons why it was important to have a different voice to do the letters was because of the footnotes. Because we, yeah. we we had a really long chat about it, and there was a dis, there was a point where we were thinking, well, do we put the footnotes into the audio book or not? And then we decided, no, yeah, if we, no if, you if need if we, them. You need you them. Need them. You definitely need them. 
Um, so that's how we no, did it's, that. It's perfect. It's perfect. So it, feel, it feels like having, yeah, it feels like having badinage with them. But uh, so I did very much. I always, I, I, I try to do audio books now if I can, just so I can, you know, I find I can get through. I have to get through a lot of books now because I'm doing this. But I find I can get through books really quickly with the, with the audio books because you can I mean, just do you, Can I just anyway. say, honestly, you are the hardest working person I have ever <laughs> known in my life. What have you got now? You, you've got your, your, your uh, the, the, the Leicester Square podcast. You, yeah. you're, you're doing the, the nervous breakdown on screen of Leon. What is it? Um, Twitch of fun. I'm obsessed with, by the way. I'm absolutely <laughs> obsessed with Twitch of fun. I think it is Good. absolute genius. You got the, you got this now. You have got the snooker. You have got the stone gathering. Is there anything yeah. else I've missed out here? Well, I've, I've written a book. Yeah, you've you know, written I've, books. I've written a sitcom coming up. I do well, you know. But it's but like you like you have realised, and like the book makes clear, if you're doing something that you enjoy doing. It, no, I mean writing a book is the hardest thing. I think though I quite enjoyed this the last one I did, but you know, you, I, this is all fun and this is this is easy and like doing this, which is listening to a book and then talking to an author, is sort of you know, and usually it's a, usually it's a, an honour. And this this week it's not as good. <laughs> <laughs> usually it's exciting to, to talk to an author about, the, but you know, a book you like, so it's. Um, it's you know this is a fun thing to do. I'm sort of on holiday at the moment, really. Though I'm still producing. Is you know, your like, is your house different. still haunted? By the way, no, not as much. Um, my, my my kids are feel like they're slightly psychic. I tell this story in next week's book club podcast, but I'll tell you it again because we recorded next week's already. Uh, the other day, my um, my son was. We went to Pizza Express, and my son's usually very friendly with people like the strangers and, and says, oh, hello. And, you know, wants to, and, and joins in and tries to get in the conversations. We were having our pizza and then uh, this couple came in and the woman was heavily pregnant and, the, and she was with a man and they just sat down right next to us. And my son just turned and said, why aren't you married? And uh, my wife, <laughs> like, like he's never behaved like that before. My wife noticed the woman didn't have a wedding ring or anything, which my son definitely would not have noticed. And it felt oh. like he'd been possessed by... You know the spirit of some furious Victorian Wait, clergyman. He, or I, something I wonder. That... I wonder if he had been possessed by the spirit of the fetus, who is furious <laughs> that they're going to be born a bastard. Maybe. I mean, it's possible could be that, that. They, that it could be maybe like, it could, just has the. It could be like that. That. That show that you're obsessed with when they jump into someone else's body. What is quantum it? Quantum leap. Yes, quantum leap. Quantum maybe, leap. maybe the yeah. fetus quantum leap. Into yeah. Uh, into Ernie, yeah. Well, he steals. He sees ghosts. You know, he t- he talks about people being in his. There's a door in his room that used to lead into our bedroom that's blocked up. But he's obsessed with that door mm. and and the possibility of people coming mm. through it and stuff. So um, well, that, that I think, means yeah, there that, are ghosts. Have you had Lou be... Conran round yet to your actual house to she, sort of walk about? She hasn't. She hasn't. She hasn't come over, but she's been on. She's seen the house via this camera. Mm. Uh, and uh, and I told her some of those stories for the host, but yeah. So uh, yeah, well, look, this isn't about this show. Is not about me. Unlike this fantastic book, Letters from Brenda. If you want to find out more about me, uh, a, there isn't much about me in there, but it's uh, it's it's worth it for completists. Um, it's have you, what have you got other? Are you, are you planning on? Uh, have you got your next book 
on the way? Is it, I, is it I've, I've, in just, I've just finished writing the prologue to it and I'm uh, sort of about halfway through the first chapter of what I hope will be my next book. I, I, right. I, I don't know about you when you're starting, but, but I, I, I have got lots of first chapters that will then go nowhere else. <laughs> but I think you, you have to write a first chapter in order to work out whether it, it, they are characters that you want to be around for three to six months. Um, yeah. and whether or not it's got legs, but I'm quite, in, I, I think this, this one might go. So I'm doing right. that. And, and do um, you write, do you, do you write them on spec or do you have, as, as your publisher saying, we'll take your next book, whatever it is. Emma, we, or, we, no, we, we'll have a, we'll have a conversation, um, about a book, but, but I don't I mean, I don't know about you. You might be, be luckier than me, but but every publisher I've ever had always wants to see 5,000 words before they commit. Right. Every single time. Um, I've, I've never had to do that. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> I don't think I could bastard. do it. I, I said, I've never written a novel, though, but I could. Um, I don't think I could write. I don't think I could write a novel unless I knew it was going to be published. Because it's too much. Mm. I've tried it, and I think it's you know Actually, it's too much. Yes. Now I'm thinking about this. I've never had to do this with a non-fiction book, so maybe it is just fiction books, um, right? Where the publisher always requires it. But um, with fi- with fiction, I don't know whether this is true of non-fiction or not. But I know with fiction, it sort of it, it's not just the editor that you're talking to who makes the decision. It's like a whole panel of people. So hence, hence they need some material. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, no, I, n- I never get an easy ride. <laughs> but you get, you know, I don't written think four, I, fourteen I, books. Is yeah, I know thing, it's, it? it's crazy. It's crazy. It, but I still have to. It's still like it. It's the first one, always. And it's but it's weird having you, you know, especially with you having a. I've never been on anything like a bestsellers list. I've never been. I've never got. You know, my books have never. Uh, rear, I don't know what they they sell okay enough to do another one, but not enough to make any kind of impact. So for you to have had those books that have been that successful, and for it still to be difficult, I mean yeah. it is a difficult thing, and it, you know it is a privilege to write a book, and it's a privilege to get a book published, obviously. But it's but you would think after, after is, twenty years, I know. But the, the 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 thing is, is that I I'm I'm in that difficult zone. Pe- people who do really really well are either debut authors or there's that top tier of writers who everyone buys buys all their books and, and they could yeah. literally do a shit on a page and it would sell <laughs> a million copies. You know, that, yeah. so there's that. And then in between, there's all the mid-ranking authors. And that's what I am. I'm a mid-ranking author. And some of my books will do all right and some will, will underperform and, and some will do very well but there's there's no sort of gold standard guarantee on anything that i that that goes out and also the the other thing that that, that i mean if anyone's listening to this and they want to be an author it the average author only book only sells a thousand copies i remember there was there was one book one year that won the booker and it had only sold uh, 900 copies so you know <laughs> so there, there's that <laughs> element of it um, and you could write a brilliant book and it, it might do nothing. And then you'll see yeah. a book that is rubbish and it goes absolutely ballistic. There is no rhyme nor reason to which books sell off the shelves, really. It's a combination right. of cover, marketing, 
and and whether the right reviewers have reviewed it. That's what it yeah. boils down to. Well, it is a very it's a very very difficult thing, you know, because again, and especially now, there's so much, oh, so many books come out, so many. So like, it's the same as when we did TV in the 1990s. There weren't that many comedy shows coming out, so if something happened, it was a bit of a big deal. Mm. But it's it, it used to be the it used to be the case with books as well, I'm sure. But now now it's you know my book's coming out in October, and there'll be what 500 books. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know how many books it is, but it's it's an insanely competitive yeah, thing. Do you read? Do you read a lot of other people's stuff? Are you reading anything at the moment that you would like to recommend? Oh, now then, yes. What was the last thing I read, and I thought it was really good? Um, I wonder if I've got it here. It, well, I'm currently reading um, uh, "One Day I May Astonish the World," which is Nina Stibb's new book. I really like Nina okay. Stibb and think she's fantastic. Um, uh, but the last, the book before that that I thought was exceptional. Uh, was the Katie w- Wicks memoir. Have you read oh, it? Oh, yes, yeah. I haven't read it yet. No, no, everyone's been saying oh, it. But I think my wife's read it. It's great. I, I, it, it's really great. I loved it and I thoroughly recommend it. And George's yeah, book. Well. I love that as well. Yeah, it's really but good I've, fun, George's book, and, but as well as being heartbreakingly yeah, sad. I, I've, been, well. I've been rereading Graham Greene because I, I loved okay. him when I was a child. Um, and you, uh, I've forgotten what a brilliant, brilliant writer he is. And, and if you've ever, if you haven't read any Graham Greene, read uh, The End of the Affair, which I think is one of the most perfectly written books I've ever read. Uh, I haven't read any Graham Greene for a long time. Yeah, I did. I did really used to good. read him. It stands up then. It still stands up. Oh, even it's in incredible. It's incredible. I, te- yeah, I, te- I tell you what him. hasn't stood up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me, me and the wife, we, we watched Top Gun last night in in preparation for Top Gun Maverick and thinking you know fond memories of it as being this sensational film it's a pile of absolute dog shit (laughs) I've never actually seen Top Gun it's rubbish (laughs) well the new ones everyone's very excited about the new one yeah so we'll see we'll see how that works out um look it's really great to always great to talk to you uh, I haven't seen you as much as we usual for no, a little while. So, and I love I you so COVID. much. I love I you so much, Harry. But um, but everyone should buy Let's for Brenda. It is Emma's best book so far. It is. Bear in mind, bear in mind all her other books have been shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a no. It's uh, it, they've all been good. And this uh-huh. is even. <laughs> It's fun. I haven't done that with any of the other authors. Catherine Mundell. Bear in mind, her other books have been shit. And one about Dunn's pretty good. Um, no, it's, uh, uh, it's a fabulous book. Uh, but listen to the audio book. I always say listen to the audio book, but it's a really good audio book as well. Uh, and it, and the, the letter writing format of it really yeah, suits that as well. Um, thank you very much, Emma, for being on the show. Thank you to Chris Evans, not that one, for producing it. Yeah, thanks, Chris well. Evans. <laughs> See you again. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. On Formative, middle school kids from New York City public schools interview a phenomenal collection of grown-ups. Me, like, I don't know what I want to do. You don't have to have all the answers. I feel like a lot of people's favorite topics are, like, interest in their life. That is a really good answer. The podcast where the leaders of today are interviewed by leaders of tomorrow. Listen now at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.